Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Episode 17, College Football Betting. I am your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody had a great weekend. And hope, unlike me, you did not have the Clemson-Florida State game. Florida State plus 9.5, the under of 47.5. Both were set to cash. Final play of the game. They did not. You talk about bad beats. I mean, that is an all-timer. Here's the thing, though. You don't care about my bad beats, just like I do not care about your fantasy football team. So let's get to uh, what should be a really fun Week 10 slate. Week 9 was obviously incredible. If you love kind of college football reaction in general, make sure you're listening to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Had a lot of reaction to the Michigan-Michigan State game, Ohio State-Penn State, Scott Frost, has he done it in Nebraska? A lot of really good stuff there. But it is now time to look ahead to Week 10. And I do think that while the, the, the slate doesn't look as incredible as we were expecting three, four, five, six weeks ago, LSU isn't as good as expected. Nebraska, just referenced a minute ago, not as good as we were expecting in the preseason. There are still a lot of really interesting games this week. And so let's get into it. Let's break down this Week 10 slate. And let's start with what should be the biggest game on not only the college football docket this weekend, but just a general LSU Alabama is an afterthought. We go from two years ago, maybe the game of the year, the two best teams in college football, maybe that season when Tua was healthy. Last time these two teams played, we had uh, pros all over the field. We had the famous roll tide, what F you from Ed Orgeron from Coach O. And now we fast forward two years, and you know what we got here? We got one really bad football team. We got one really good football team that is trying to position itself to make the playoff. Alabama is a 28.5 point favorite coming into this game. The over-under is 66, and the number has actually moved in Bama's favor, opened about 25 points in the DraftKings Sportsbook. It is all the way up to 28.5 here as I record here on Monday, and it's with good reason. Listen, first of all, from the LSU perspective, we have talked about it a ton. But while we spend so much time talking about Coach O and the coaching search and who's the favorite and what does it all mean, the bottom line is this is just a really banged up football team right now. And so when you add in the fact that they probably weren't very good coming into the season, had one of the worst defenses in college football last year, and you look at the totality of the injuries, this is just going to be an uphill battle for Coach O for the rest of his time as the head coach at LSU. 
Coming into this game, we have talked about so many of the key players that are out. We even have some new additions since the last time I really discussed these injuries. We know Derek Stingley, an All-American cornerback, is out for the year. We know Eli Ricks, an All-American cornerback, is out for the year. We know Keyshawn Boutte, my favorite name in college football, is out for the season as the top wide receiver. But now, starting safety, Major Burns, out. Starting nickel cornerback, Sage Ryan, out. Cordell Flott, who was uh, a guy that's kind of played as a replacement, may not play. Miles Brennan, who uh, obviously has not played this year, enters the transfer portal on Monday. And so I just bring it up to say, you go on and on and on down the list. I just don't know how many bodies LSU is going to have coming into this game. And then on top of that, I think the bigger concern is, the last time we saw them, they didn't look very good. Now, they look great against Florida. Uh, three weeks ago, they beat Florida. That was when all this crazy Dan Mullen stuff started. Uh, but but you look at what LSU did the last time they took the field against Ole Miss. It was a real struggle. And they had made, to their credit, real strides in the run game. Uh, the They had made real strides offensively. And they took a major, major, major step back against Ole Miss. In that game, they finished with just 326 yards of total offense. And that run offense, which again had been so good against Florida, really struggled 77 total yards on 35 rush attempts. So you take the injuries, you take regression. It, it, it's just not a very good scene at LSU right now. Again, I don't tell you how to make wagers, but they are really banged up, really getting, uh, getting to the end of the home stretch here and not playing very good football. As it pertains to Alabama, I'll just tell you, if you listen to the Aaron Torres podcast, you know I do not, it's not that I don't believe in Alabama, I just don't think this is necessarily a vintage Alabama team, but at the same time, I'm not sure that LSU can expose the weaknesses of Alabama. Alabama has the 56th ranked pass defense in college football for a Nick Saban coach group of defensive backs. That's not very good. Don't know if Max Johnson is the guy without Kayshawn Boutte to really, uh, 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 you know, take advantage of that. On top of that, Alabama's offensive line has not lived up to expectations with Doug Marone, the new offensive coordinator. Yes, the former head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Buffalo Bills is Alabama's offensive line coach this year. 18 sacks allowed by Alabama, 59th in the country. That is simply not going to get it done. But again, I just don't know if LSU is the team to expose these issues. So those are all things to think about. Alabama has real deficiencies. LSU has way more deficiencies. And the one thing worth noting, I mentioned the over-under sitting at about 66. Uh, Alabama, of course, is in the middle of a record-setting 34 straight games with 30-plus points. So uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook, we don't have team totals yet, but that will be something to look at. A really talented Alabama offense that is able to move the ball on anybody going up against a really, really banged-up LSU secondary. Let's get to the other big game in the SEC, and you could argue probably the biggest game in the SEC, the only matchup of top 25 teams in college football this weekend. It is Auburn at Texas A&M. And what I think is a little bit of a surprising line, Texas A&M is a four and a half point favorite. The over under is 50. And when you start to look at why Texas A&M might be favored in this game, well, first of all, the game is at Kyle Field. It's a 3.30 kickoff. At, uh, at Kyle Field in College Station. It is the CBS game of the week, so we know that Kyle Field will be rocking. On top of that, AM is playing some really, really good football right now. 
prior, they're they're coming off a bye, which is important in its own right. Auburn was coming off a bye last week against Ole Miss. A&M is coming off a bye this week and really had played really good football over the previous three weeks prior to that bye. They obviously had the great signature win against Alabama. And then I think in a true form of what a championship team should look like, and I'm not saying A&M is a championship team yet, but that is what Jimbo Fisher is trying to build in College Station. They really took care of two opponents that they should have after beating Alabama. I thought maybe they would take a step back. Maybe they would regress once they lose to Alabama. Instead, they destroy Missouri 35-14. They destroy South Carolina 44-14. And they come into the bye, get rested, and now they play a really good Auburn team, which Auburn, of course, in its own right, is playing really good football as well. Last two times Auburn's been on the field, it's been a really impressive effort from them as they take care of Arkansas on the road at Arkansas. They get a bye. And then last week they played really well against Ole Miss, took care of Ole Miss, of course, at a game where Lane Kiffin gave up a lot of points, uh, you know, left a lot of points on the field. But it goes without saying Auburn is playing some of its best football. And we got to give a little credit to a guy that we have all torn to shreds over the last, I don't know, two, two and a half years. That's Bo Nix. Last couple weeks, he has really played within himself. Brian Harson has done a good job of keeping him under control, not letting him beat the team. Last two games, 21-26, 290 yards in the win over all, uh, Arkansas, 22-30, 276 yards in the win over Ole Miss, three touchdowns, one interception in that game. Now, in terms of the keys to this game, I think it's going to be really interesting because I think these two teams are built very similarly, right? Like sometimes when you have a big matchup, top 25 teams, you can see there's one place where one team is really weak and the other team can expose it. Well, both these teams want to run the ball right at you and both these teams want to stop the run and that's where it gets interesting in terms of the defense Auburn 37th nationally, A&M 38th nationally. And I think that number is really, really, really important from A&M's perspective because they were really struggling to stop the run earlier this year. I remember when they played Arkansas. I vividly remember this number. You could go back and look it up. They were ranked 86th in rushing defense at that time were having trouble stopping the run uh, for reasons that I couldn't really figure out at the time. But they are stopping the run. They're doing a much better job against the run. And they have just been awesome themselves on the ground in the last couple games. Uh, 283 yards versus Missouri. 290 yards versus South Carolina. And again, to go back to that run defense, they held the opposition under 100 yards. So when when you have plus 200 yards against the opponent in rushing, that is a situation where you're probably going to look pretty good, and that's exactly what they, they look like against both South Carolina and Missouri. Different beast against Auburn, but we know what Auburn's about. I think Auburn is a vastly improving team, and I think the last note on this game, kind of an important game for the SEC West race as we head down the home stretch. Now, Alabama is in the pole position right now. Alabama is the only team along with Auburn with one SEC loss, so Uh, This is in the West, of course. I'm not talking about Georgia, which has already clinched the SEC East title. We'll talk about Georgia a little bit later. But Alabama 4-1 in the SEC West. Auburn 3-1. Obviously, Auburn controls their own destiny in the SEC uh, West because they will, will still play Alabama. So if they finish with one loss and beat Alabama, they would go to Atlanta to face Georgia. 
On the flip side, Texas A&M is 3-2, and two, but they actually control their own destiny for the most part. Or, excuse me, I take that back. They do not control their own destiny. They would need Auburn to beat Alabama or someone to beat Alabama in SEC play. But if they win out, they could be going to Atlanta as well. Now, I guess if you want to get hypothetical, Mississippi State actually is also 3-2. and two, So if Mississippi State wins out, Texas A&M wins out, and Auburn beats uh, uh, Alabama, then Mississippi State, in theory, could go. But uh, I don't want to get too far down the road. But I think both these teams feel really good. If we win this game, we got a shot to get to that SEC championship game. A&M would need Auburn to beat Alabama. But the point is, it is a big game for both of these teams. Let's get to a couple other SEC games. We'll take a quick break, come back, talk uh, a little bit more about all sorts of stuff in this sport. Let's stay in the SEC, though, because, you know, you talk about an interesting line between two very interesting teams that, weirdly, I don't know if the record reflects either one of them and how they're playing. It is Kentucky hosting Tennessee. It's a night game at Kroger Field. The spread is Kentucky's just a one-point favorite. They open as a four-point favorite, and it's way down. The over-under in that one is 57. And so why do I say that this is an interesting game and these two teams are, are maybe not totally reflective of what the record says they are? Kentucky 6-2. and two. Um, They have obviously had a great year, took care of Florida, took care of LSU. They've lost their last two. One of them is completely excusable. They lost the number one team in the country, Georgia. That's going to happen to a lot of people. But this past weekend showed that a problem that Kentucky has had all year finally came back to bite them, and that is that they don't take care of the football. Kentucky against Mississippi State – they had four total turnovers, including three interceptions, and Kentucky now ranks dead last in the nation in turnover margin. They are minus 12 in turnovers, which means they have 12 more turnovers than they have turnovers forced. That is a terrible stat, and it is reflective of really how good they are in every other category. I saw my buddy Matt Jones tweeted that out on, I, I forget what day it was, I guess it was Monday morning, saying it's actually kind of an accomplishment to be 6-2 and two in second place in the SEC East when you have the worst turnover margin in college football. But that would be concerning to me if I was a Kentucky fan going up against a Tennessee, a Tennessee team that can put up points and points in a hurry. Speaking of Tennessee, I said it a few weeks ago. I said it a few weeks ago when Kentucky or when Tennessee played Alabama. I said, I think you can legitimately make a case. And this is going to sound crazy if you haven't followed Tennessee. I think you can make a case, Josh Heupel, in terms of coaching, coaching, co and I'm using air quotes to talk about coaching, X's and O's, getting players to play. I think you can make the case Josh Heupel is doing as good as anybody in college football right now. That probably sounds crazy. Tennessee is 4-4. Four and four. I don't think we understand how much Tennessee lost in the transfer portal when Jeremy Pruitt was fired over the offseason. Lost their two best running backs, Ty Chandler and Eric Gray. Lost their two starting offensive tackles. Lost their two best linebackers, Henry Toto and beyond Henry Toto, also Quaverius Couch, who's, Couch, who's playing a big role with Michigan State's resurgence right now. And so I bring all this up to just very simply say, that Tennessee is playing about as well as they possibly can be under Josh Heupel. They had one two in a row. Or they 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 had one two in a row at one point. Beat Missouri. Beat South Carolina. And then obviously could have beaten Ole Miss. Played Alabama deep into the fourth quarter. And here's the thing that you gotta like if you're a Tennessee fan. Start to get healthy a little bit here. Hennon Hooker back uh, closer to 100%. He played at that game against Alabama, basically unable to run the football. Incredible that they were able to stay competitive. Cade Mays, their best offensive lineman, is expect ba expected back this week. And if we see this offense clicking on all cylinders, I'm just telling you, 
it's going to be interesting seeing if Kentucky can keep up. Kentucky is a team, they have only scored more than 20 points in one of their last five games. We know Tennessee can move the football, and so that will be something to watch going forward. Really quickly, let's, uh, you know what, let's do one more game before the break, and that's another SEC game. That is Mississippi State at Arkansas, and this is a fascinating one for this reason. So Mississippi State, first of all, is playing really good football. We'll get to them in a second. But if you remember back to last year, this was kind of a crazy game. So Mississippi State, game one, Mike Leach era, COVID, nobody knows what to expect, empty Tiger Stadium, there was whatever, 10%, 20% capacity allowed. Mississippi State goes to LSU in week one and destroys LSU, throws the ball all over the field, pitch and catch, this and that, move this, do this, go, whatever. Then week two comes, they play Arkansas, and Barry Odom's defense completely shuts them down. They end up winning that game. That was, of course, a game that uh, Mississippi State, or excuse me, that, that Arkansas broke a 20-game SEC losing streak at that point. Arkansas had not won a game in SEC playing 20 straight games dating back to the Brett Bielema era. That's how long ago it was that they had won a game. Brett Bielema now back in college football. But it was a 20-game losing streak that was broken because they had Mississippi State figured out. What's really interesting about this game this year, one, first of all, how does Arkansas handle a Mississippi State offense that is clearly improved? They are clearly a different team. We joke about Mike Leach. Mike Leach is 5-3 and three right now, 3-2, and two, and he has won three of his last four games, including, as I just noted, he beat Texas A&M, which is probably playing as well as anybody in the SEC right now not named Georgia. And so you look at this game, it's just fascinating how far this program has come. And it is in, it's good. what's going to be interesting is it is such a differing set of styles, right? Arkansas, number four in the country in rush offense. Uh, Mississippi State, number four in the country in pass offense. Uh, and so the question now becomes, uh, how does Mississippi State, which has the number four rush defense in college football, can they slow down this Arkansas rushing attack? And then from Arkansas's perspective, again, uh, they had Mississippi State's number. This is just going to be a fascinating game. So I'm t I know I just said it, but I, I just want to reiterate here. I just want to reiterate. Mississippi State, top 10 pass offense. Arkansas, top 10 pass defense. Mississippi State or Arkansas top 10 pat run offense versus Mississippi State top 10 run defense so strength on strength and you just talk about an absolutely fascinating game this game is it so what I want to do I want to take a quick break I want to come back we'll switch to some other conferences Nebraska Ohio Ohio State in the Big Ten we will talk a little Clemson our favorite team we'll talk a little Michigan State Hugh Freeze the return to Oxford. A lot of college football coming up. Stay tuned. All right, before we get to the rest of the week 10 slate in college football, you know what I want to do? I want to welcome back our partners, our friends, DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook, which has become an incredible partner of college football betting with Aaron Torres, and they got a special offer for listeners of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. Here is the deal. New users can sign up for any pro football game. Okay, it's got to be the pro game. Got to be the pro game. But you like KC, you like uh, Tennessee. Now that they signed Adrian Peterson, you love Adrian Peterson, right? Got to go bet on Tennessee. $5 on any game for new users. And if that team wins, you automatically win $200 in free cash. 
one pick, one money line win, $200 in free cash courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. Here's what you have to do. Click the link in the show description. So if you listen on iTunes, if you listen on Spotify, there will be a link in the show description and sign up for a new account with DraftKings Sportsbook and make your first deposit. Make a $5 money line bet on any pro football game, anyone. You like KC, you like Seattle, you like Arizona, you like Green Bay, doesn't really matter. Just pick a team, $5 money line bet, and if your team wins, you automatically win $200 thanks to our friends at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. It is the best offer going in sports betting, so act now. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, or call or text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Again, in Tennessee, must be 21 plus or over to enter, 18 plus or over in Wyoming, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only, minimum $5 deposit, minimum $5 wager on this particular bet. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, everybody, I am back. Good to be back, good to be back. Let's wrap with the rest of the week. 10 slated college football. Cannot believe it's week 10 already. How is it November? I have no idea, yet here we are. Speaking of I have no idea, how about Nebraska? Three and six overall. They need to win out to get some bowl eligibility. Yet in an interesting twist, all the money is coming in. They play Ohio State this weekend. The line open at Nebraska plus 15 and a half. Ohio State a 15 and a half point favorite. All the money coming in on Nebraska. It is down to 14 and a half. The over-under set at 64. And let me say a couple things there. One, I do understand why the money's coming in on Nebraska. First of all, you look at the win-loss record, three and six overall. Not good. We all get that. But we also know they played some really good teams really well early in the season. Seven-point loss to Oklahoma at Oklahoma. Three-point loss to Michigan State at Michigan State three-point loss to Michigan at home so they have played really good teams really tough Nebraska or uh, Oklahoma Michigan State obviously in the top five Michigan a top 15 team despite what Harbaugh did blah 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 blah. I still think they're probably one of the 12 to 15 best teams in college football Nebraska was a play or two away from literally beating all of them so I get it they're playing they, they have played well and statistically they could, in theory, stylistically and statistically, give Ohio State some problems. First of all, they rank 16th nationally in total offense. Don't know how many people know that. They can move the football. They have moved the football on defenses as good, if not better, than Ohio State, 28th nationally in rushing. This is the best offense that Ohio State will have played all year. Ohio State, on the other hand, I'll just say this. One, maybe a little bit of a body blow game from the Penn State game. That was a tough physical game. On top of that, it's worth noting, Ohio State didn't look good for very long stretches. Now, I I will defend Ohio State. I'm not criticizing Ohio State. Penn State, one, legitimately plays awesome defense. They have all year dating back to week one against Wisconsin. They get after the ball. They're physical. They're aggressive. They're athletic. And Ohio State did eventually wear them down. But early on in the game, they could not run the ball. And early on in the game, 
Penn State was able to pass the ball on Ohio State as well, and so that's why this game is interesting to me. At this point, we know a lot about Ohio State, so let me get back to Nebraska for a second, and let me just say this. As interesting as it is, as much as I get why the money is coming in on Nebraska, what I would also just warn you about is the real world of what Nebraska is, okay? They're three and six, and the reason, so, so let me even backtrack, okay? Because I will tell you that over the years, I have kind of implemented a no betting on Adrian Martinez rule uh, into my college football stuff. And to be clear, I don't tell you how to bet. I don't tell you how to wager your money. But I'm just saying, this is a guy that has the worst possible turnovers at the worst possible times. And so why do I bring it up? It is because as good as he was against Oklahoma, as good as he was against Michigan State, guess what? Against Michigan, potential game-winning drive, fumbles the football. Uh, against Purdue for interceptions. And so if you are going to bet Nebraska, or if you're going to even think about betting Nebraska, please be warned. They turn the ball over a ton. They are 94th nationally in turnover margin. They have 13 total turnovers this season, four coming last week against Purdue. And this was a program. It seemed like they were right on the cusp after that Michigan game, since lost to Minnesota, since lost to Purdue at home. So just careful staying in the big 10 i'll tell you this you know how i just said a second ago that nebraska is in theory a tough matchup for ohio state purdue could be a tough matchup for michigan state as well purdue a three-point underdog michigan state a three-point favorite over under set at 53 and for those of you kind of sitting there wondering how is this a three-point margin how is this a three-point spread in favor of michigan state they just destroyed michigan they just punked them in the second half well what i'll tell you is it's what i just said a minute ago styles make fights as I was preparing for the Michigan-Michigan State game, one thing jumped out at me. Michigan State does have one weakness. They are not a very good pass defense, which is ironic because Mel Tucker's a former DBs coach. They do not defend the pass very well. They came into the Michigan game ranked 121st nationally in pass defense. After that game, they are 127th nationally in pass defense. They have the worst pass defense. Yes, I said pass defense 37 times in the last two seconds. Um... 127th nationally in pass defense, worst pass defense of any Power 5 team. What does Purdue do what what does Purdue do very well? They throw the football, 16th nationally in passing, second in the Big 10. That is something to worry about. If you just sit there and say, "I don't care, I'm back in Mel Tucker. I love him. He's going to LSU. He's the next great coach." Just be warned. Purdue's strength is going against Michigan State's weakness. That is something to be worried about. Let's rip through a couple other games. First of all, Clemson at Louisville. I'll say this, Clemson four-point underdog, or four-point favorite, excuse me, Clemson minus four, over-under set at 46 and a half. First off, uh, as I said to lead the show, you don't care about bad beats, but that was an all-timer. Florida State plus nine and a half, uh, over-under set at 47 and a half, over-hits, Clemson minus seven and, or nine and a half hits, and oh my goodness, insanity in the streets. But what I would say about Clemson is this. As critical as I've been of them over the last couple months, and I have been very critical on this show, on the Aaron Torres podcast, what I would also say is I do think in some ways this one actually feels about right. If you remember two weeks ago against Pitt, I said this number isn't big enough. I said last week against Florida State, I think I was on the right side of that one. Number was too big in favor of Florida State. Well, this one feels about right, and I'll tell you why. First of all, uh, Louisville, we know what they do under Scott Satterfield. They run the football, right? It's what they do. That's what a Scott Satterfield offense is. And Clemson does a really good job of defending the run. I will. You could criticize Clemson for a lot of things. They defend the crap out of the run. The other reason that you might actually want to back Clemson this weekend, and again, I don't tell you how to bet. I'm just telling you facts. 
Louisville has a really bad pass defense, okay? And so this has been the issue. Clemson's rush offense is finally coming around. Will Shipley, 128 yards passing last week. He, or 128 yards rushing last week. He was awesome in that win over Florida State. And again, a credit to Clemson for finally being able to move the football on the ground. The problem, of course, is that they still cannot move the ball through the air. Here's the good news. Louisville's 122nd nationally in pass defense, giving up 281 yards passing a game. It is behind only Michigan State and Duke among Power 5 football teams in terms of worst pass defenses. So if there was ever a day for DJ to get right, it would be this game. On top of that, the run game got going last week with Will Shipley and, and uh, uh, the run game for Clemson. So just be warned. You see the number, you see Clemson's a favorite on the road, you kind of worry, you say, I don't know. I'm just telling you, this is one where the matchups actually do uh, favor Clemson. We'll see, and I'll obviously have more on this on the show that we do later this week. Let's rip through a couple other ones. Uh, how about this one? Liberty at Ole Miss. Why does it matter? Hugh Freeze return game, baby. I had Hugh Freeze on the Aaron Torres podcast over the summer. He said the ticket demands in the summer were already crazy. I can't even imagine what they're going to be like as Hugh Freeze gets set to return to a school that he led to two uh, Sugar Bowls. You know, I mean, listen, uh, we all know how it ended for Hugh Freeze, but he had some great wins there, some great games there, beat Alabama twice. Fun fact, Hugh Freeze, still one of only three coaches active in college football that has beaten Nick Saban more than once. The other two, Dabo Sweeney, Gus Malzahn. How about that for a list? Dabo, Gus Malzahn, and Hugh Freeze, only three active coaches that have beaten Nick Saban more than once. What will be interesting about this game, I don't really have a strong opinion on it because both these teams are beat up. I said it with Ole Miss the other day. Um, they, have this, they have now played five straight weeks since their bye. They had the earliest bye in the SEC early September. They were just beat up by that Auburn game. I mean, you could just see just physically worn down. I should mention, by the way, the spread in this one was 10 down to nine and a half, Ole Miss a nine and a half point favorite, over under set at 67 and a half. Um, but they're really beat up. Liberty ain't much better. Liberty is now playing their 10th straight game to open the season. I looked it up and there's only about, I, I counted 14 teams that have played nine games already this season. But several of them, like UConn, like Hawaii, like UCLA, like Fresno, played in week zero. So you talk about the number of teams that have not had a bye to this point in the weekend, to this point in the season, you can count them on one hand, and several of them have a bye this week, like Oklahoma and Texas Tech. So this is Liberty's 10th straight game to open the year. They get a bye next week before they play Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana, they don't like when they call them Louisiana Lafayette, but. Just know that Liberty's pretty beat up right now as they get set to face uh, to face uh, to face Hugh. Uh, L, uh, I'm tripping over my own words. To to face Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss again in a return game. There, final game I want to talk about. You know, you talk about kind of an interesting game. So Oregon is going to Washington. Oregon is a six and a half point favorite. Over under set at fifty one. And right before I got set to record. Your boy Jimmy Lake just coming in hot, okay? So Jimmy Lake is, of course, the head coach at Washington. Uh, Jimmy Lake is a guy that is struggling as a, a first-time head coach. But I'll tell you, he came in with the heat on Monday. So Monday he is asked about recruiting against Oregon, and this is what he said. That is way more pumped up than it is. Our battles, recruiting battles, 
The schools that we go against have academic prowess, like the University of Washington, Notre Dame, Stanford, USC. We go with a lot of battles toe-to-toe all the way to the end with those schools. So I think that's made up and pumped up in the media's world. In our world, we battle more academically prowess teams. First of all, academically prowess teams, uh, not, not very good English there. But you talk about a way to, to light up a rivalry, and I'll tell you, uh, I, I don't know that this Oregon team right now is the team that you want to get fired up. So Oregon is a six-and-a-half-point favorite coming into this one, and with good reason. That offense is really starting to click now, now that Joe Moorhead is back calling plays, coaching this football team. They put up 52 points last week, and when I say coaching, he's the offensive coordinator. I know Mario Cristobal's head coach. 52 points against Colorado last week. Colorado actually had a pretty good defense. They were up 31-14 at halftime, and then, of course, the week before that, they beat UCLA 34-31. So, don't know if I'm Jimmy Lake that that's the guy that I want to be going after, but I'll just tell you, man, really, really interesting comments from Jimmy Lake. Final other Pac-12 game I want to hit on really quick. USC, an eight-point underdog at Arizona State. Arizona State, in their own right, is struggling. Uh, Arizona State was a team that even just as of a few weeks ago, we thought could potentially go to the Pac-12 championship game, maybe play in the Rose Bowl. They have lost two straight at Utah, at Washington State at home. They get USC at home in a Pac-12 after dark game. All right, I have rambled and yelled and screamed long enough. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, thank you guys, obviously, for listening to College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. You guys know how much I appreciate your support on this show. The show continues to grow every single week, uh, and it is because of the support of guys and girls like you. If you know anybody that you think would like this show, please go ahead, let them know about it. Go ahead and uh, pass it along. Obviously, if you have any questions for me, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com you can reach out there you can dm me at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter at Aaron Torres pod on Instagram but that is all for today's college football betting show picks will be up Wednesday at Aaron Torres online.com and the second episode this week of the college football betting show will be available on Thursday that is all thank you guys for listening have a great afternoon Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.